What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Premier League Podcast here on FanRag Sports with me, Sebastian Oren, and Polly Costell. No Elliot, and he's on his way home from his Mexican vacation. He said he... Where was he at right now? Logan Airport? He was yeah, at, he's up in Boston. Yeah, he was at an airport. We know that much. So, hopefully everything will be... Wait, why would you fly from Mexico to Boston? If he like in... went up to New England for something, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I, as I said, Elliot, like the last time that we did a show together, I was like, the, my one guess for where you are is wherever you weren't last show. Pretty much, pretty much, and never where he's supposed to be. I don't even know where he's supposed to be. I think Chicago is his home base now, but we don't know. We never know. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in New York next week. Um, oh, there you so. go. There you go. Well, maybe we'll meet up and do the podcast together then. That would be nice. Uh, apparently, I'm going to London next week, so. <laughs> Scrap that plan. <laughs> okay. Well, it is what it is. You're stuck with me and Polly today, and we're going to look back at match week 29. And, Polly, I'm just going to let you do your humble brag right away. Top story of the week. Yeah. Perfect week. Perfect week. Picked all the results. Yeah, I mean, it's not the perfect, perfect week would be all score lines. That's, that's the, like, improbable week. That's, like, the impossible week. Yes. Uh, what's the word? Like, that, that would be the immaculate week. Yes. Um, that would be the weeks of all weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I, did, I did a good job. I set a nice record. What did I get, like, 18 points? I put some distance between, the t- between me and second place. Um, the craziest thing was I actually thought that I picked Bournemouth to beat Leicester 1-0. Okay, so, but you had 1-1. One, one. Yep. So I was watching that game, and I'm watching the end of it, and I'm like being like, oh, my God, come on, guys, like, hold on. Like, I was like, six minutes of stoppage time, that's ridiculous. This is going to take forever. Uh, oh, no, it was four minutes of stoppage time, and they scored in the sixth minute. And, and then they had that foul, and I just went, oh, that's the foul that always costs you the match. I went, this isn't like a great angle for Riyad Mahrez, but I was like, that's the kind of foul that always costs you the result. And Mahrez scored, and I like actually was like, I said out loud, I was like, holy shit, that was incredible. And then I was kind of bummed out that I lost because I like had the result, and I knew you guys picked Leicester. So I was like, oh, this would be a perfect result here. Snuck in the upset. And then like I went to update the scores, and I like looked at the document, and I was like, oh, I had 1-1. One, one. And I was like, that's even more incredible. Yep. Yeah, and then it was, I wouldn't say it was smooth sailing from there, but you you had it good there. You got three more results correct, and then... It was it was smooth until until Monday. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start with that game, actually. Crystal Palace, Manchester United. Uh, United come back from a, uh, you know, extremely poor first half and eventually won the game 3-2, to two, and... I saw your tweet after that first goal that, you know, the United fans were going to harp on Chris Smalling. I mean, there were, there were so many more breakdowns there than just right, Smalling. Exactly. Yeah, like, Smalling was bad. And yes. the announcer picked him out right away. And they said, Chris Smalling needs to force him wide. Instead, he lets him go back to the middle. And it's like, cool. Then he passes the ball off to 
Uh, was it Benteke who scored it? Mm. Or no, it was, no it was Townsend. He passed the ball off to Townsend, who is standing right in between Matic, McTominay, Lindelof, Antonio Valencia is there just staring at him. No one closed him down. No one picked him up. And he shoots the ball, and it hits off um, It hits off Lindelof, and De Gea's got no chance at it. But, yeah, like, Smalling was bad, but Townsend shouldn't have been that open. No, he should not have been. And I, I think that that Smalling lacking confidence, it it's – fairly obvious and i think that sort of rubs i don't off. get why though i i like, don't know why because it's not like he's been dropped it, you know like anybody else like when this happened to window off window off got dropped yep. and i can understand lacking confidence there but small still plays every week yeah. no, every game it's odd it's really odd but I, I think that that pairing is not very good i mean the, the truth of the matter is they don't have a good pairing um, they don't really have good defenders. If this is what Smalling is, um, he's not that good. If that's what Phil Jones is, he's better, but still not great. Eric Bailly is never healthy. Yeah, that's um, the problem. Marcos Rojo is pretty bad. If this is all Lindelof is, then he's okay, but not amazing. And, you know, for a team with the talent that United have – okay but not amazing should be good enough but instead they have a manager that's that goes into crystal palace and sets his team up as if united are in 14th place and crystal palace are in fourth place and they're trying to nick a point off them on the road yeah pretty much and you have a manager that played this game afraid of crystal palace and plays most games like hey you know with his umbrella defense and it's hey you guys can have the ball and we're gonna sit back and and do this, but they get carved open so easily. And you, like, I mean, you have games where you play McTominay and Matic. You're playing two holding midfielders against poor teams. You should have all of the ball. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. then, and you also, and they said uh, when, when other teams play a 4-4-2, United have no idea how to handle that. Like the, the 4-4-2 direct go right at you. They can't handle that. And then you play... Valencia and Young as your fullbacks, it's like they both are very good and solid, but at the same time, they are both on the wrong side of 30, and if you have young guys that can run at them, you'll be exposed there. And then that puts more stress onto your center backs who, like you said, are lacking confidence or just okay and not great. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem too is Valencia and Young, very serviceable players, but they they shouldn't be in a – in a starting 11 for a team that wants to compete both for the Premier League and in the Champions League. I, I just don't think they're good enough. Right, That's and that's what boggles my mind. It's, you know, you're... All right, Valencia is, is pretty solid at right back, but your second choice right back is currently your first choice left back. And you have a very good left back who the fans also hate because the manager has went on a spree where he just didn't... He's just denounced Luke Shaw at every chance he can. And the fans actually now, the people I go and watch the games with, it's like Luke Shaw fails to complete a six-yard pass, and they're just like, he's terrible. Like, drop him. And it's like, yeah, sure, he mishit that ball, but, like, he's been solid the other 89 minutes of the game. Like, what more do you want him to do? Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, have they forgotten how good Luke Shaw can be? It's not even how good Luke Shaw can be. Like, I can understand if you're mad because he isn't as good as he can be every day. And maybe you're mad because he's not Patrice Evra. Um, but he's also not Marcos Rojo or Daly Blind, and he's also not bad. It's The manager just came in and said, eh, 
I don't rate him. He's terrible. Um, he's good because I did his thinking for him. That fans just think he's terrible. Yeah, it's a weird and one. It's just like, yeah, all right. So he tried to make a 25-yard pass, and he didn't put it right on the guy's boot the way Pogba or Rooney can do. Like, okay, that happens. You know, he's he's not Paul Pogba. He's not Wayne Rooney. He doesn't have the passing ability. What matters is can he defend, can he push up the field, and can he cross? And he does that better than most of the other guys on the team can do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so United went down 2 nothing in this game and then came roaring back, Smalling, Lukaku, and then Nemanja Matic with a wonderful strike on in stoppage time, his first Premier League goal for United. Yeah, in a, in a, a comeback that I couldn't even enjoy. I couldn't enjoy because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, I can agree with I you mean, there. I mean, they were so bad in the first half because, and as we said, as we said, um, you know, Mourinho set up the team to play defensively against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. He was scared of Crystal Palace. And out of and, form, Crystal Palace. Nonetheless. And, yeah, missing 11 senior players. And he was scared of them. Yep. And surprise, surprise, you know, what happened? Uh, surprise, surprise, you fall down 2-0 because your team can't get anything going because you're afraid of them. And then he, he pulled a Fergie in the second half. He took off Ashley Young. He brought on another striker who I guess was supposed to play wing because, uh, God forbid, Rashford plays um, plays centrally and, God forbid, Alexis doesn't play centrally even though he's at his best on the left if he has a best. I don't know. Alexis doesn't fit in this team at all. No, um, he doesn't. He's been very, very anonymous since he joined the team. He just doesn't fit. He doesn't fit and Mourinho doesn't know how to use him. No, and I think that's going to be a recurring theme for us here. If you listened to our podcast before, you know that neither one of us are very high on Mr. Mourinho, and I think that's going to continue because I don't think he's he's not capable of changing. He's just not. And I well, he changed in the second half. He he did that. Then he eventually eventually he brought on Juan Mata and um, who else did he bring on? Luke Shaw. Oh, right. He brought on, yeah, so he brought on a left back because he took his right back off. So at this point, he's taking both of his fullbacks out. Um, and literally left us with, I don't even know, I, I think Jesse Lingard was playing right back at the end of the game. But that's what you want. Like, you know, that's what Fergie used to say was, if you bring on, like, if you're protecting a lead and you take off a player and bring on an extra defensive player, we can now put on an extra attacking player because that's one less guy that we have to worry about going the other way. True. So kudos to Mourinho who said, you know what, like, I can play Jesse Lingard at right back because I don't have to worry about Crystal Palace coming back the other way. And United got their equalizer, and then Crystal Palace went, well, now we're going to attack you again, and that almost turned out to be a disaster. Yes. And then that ball bounces to Nemanja Matic, and I'm sure you said the same. This was one of those th- things where, like, it comes and you know he's going to shoot and you're just like, oh, don't shoot this ball. That's a terrible idea. Pretty much, but he got and a I was actually, perfect hit. I actually said out loud, I was like, no. <laughs> and I was watching on a stream and the stream glitched for literally like half a second as he hit that ball. So I just see him winding up and I'm just like, no. And then boom, glitch. And then I see celebration. <laughs> perfect. You love those yeah, moments. Yeah, it glitched at the worst time. Yeah, you love those moments. At least it went in, you know. So, yeah, with that win, United, they stay in second place. They're two points 
above Liverpool. And, you know, it's going to be a very, very interesting game here on Saturday when they meet at Old Trafford. But we'll talk more about that later in the week. Yeah, I mean, uh, it just it goes to show you, like, Mourinho, actually, he took the reins off and he said, wait, he looked at his bench, he looked at his team, and he said, look at all this attacking talent I have. Yeah, let's play And he him. just went, not only let's play, but let's let them attack. And boom, like, you flip the script around and you score three goals. Yeah, but do you think that's the problem, though? I don't have faith in him keeping that up. No, I don't have faith in that at all. I mean, I, we know that he won't keep it up. He started the season that way. Remember at the beginning of the season, we were praising him? Yes, because they the were team, actually the way playing that they well. Were playing, yes. They were playing. They were moving around. They were dynamic. They were attacking. And that's how he starts, like, every season. Like, all the Chelsea seasons started that way, too. And then he just gets into that thing because he runs his players into the ground. They, they're... He doesn't rest any of them. They get too tired to actually maintain playing that way. So he has to go into this shell now where it's like we have to protect our energy. And, you know, if, if we play like that, we're going to get overrun. So he has to, you know, play defense against that kind of. Yeah, and then we've spoken about this before too and how he only wants one player to sort of have free reign. And now it's Alexis, which is hampering Pogba. Because Pogba... It's was... hampering the whole team because Alexis sucks. Yeah. Because Pogba, in the early stages of this season, when he was allowed to do, you know, a little bit what he felt like, it, it was working so, so well. Okay, let's uh, move back to Sunday. Where do you want to start in this one? Brighton Arsenal or Man City Chelsea? I mean, God, Arsenal is just a dead corpse that they are putting on TV <laughs> so we can watch it die even more for two hours. Like, just way too long. I mean... Yeah, I mean, Lou, uh, like Lou, my friend said, Thursday that Thursday game against City was the wake, and this was like the uh, memorial service yeah. for Arsenal. I mean, they are so dead; it's astonishing that it's allowed on television. Yeah, yeah we're so just they... watching a team and a man die, and then the reporters, like naturally, reporters go to Arsene Wenger and they talk to him about about his job, and I mean, what he said to them earlier this week of. Of like, oh, like, I'm still under contract. Like, yeah. But, like, that's not... Your contract could get terminated. He's like, oh, I, I'm not leaving. Like, I'm under contract. And it's like... he Or what is he... I think he said, I always see out my contract. And it was like, yeah, but they might fire you. And, like, how do you not think that you can get fired? Your team is playing so poorly... And the only reason that this is even remotely acceptable is because there's such a gap between sixth and seventh place. Yeah. But seventh it's... place just won their first game of the year. Yes. Yeah. So Arsenal sitting in sixth place, 45 points and uh, seventh. That's Burnley with 40 after they won two to one over Everton. So, yeah, things are I, not... That's not even a big gap anymore. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, <laughs> let's take a break here and we'll come back. We'll talk more about Arsenal and then we get into that Man City-Chelsea game. So, stick around. Okay, so Arsenal suffering a tough, tough 2-1 to defeat against Brighton and Hove Albion. They were down 2 nothing within 26 minutes. They pulled one back, but it wasn't enough. And... I mean, just. I'm sorry. I'm still. I'm still getting over the shock right now that they're only five points clear of Burnley. Yeah, they're five clear of Burnley. I mean, they, they only have one. Beat. Like a couple of weeks ago, we were we were talking about how like how ridiculous it was because 
like the top six were so it was literally just the top six and then the rest and like two weeks ago it was Burnley was 16 points above West Brom and also 16 points out of fourth place like so it was like just no man's land for them they're five points back of Arsenal Arsenal are 13 points out of the Champions League and 33 points behind City yeah, it's bad. They uh, they got one win in their last five Premier League games. Same as Burnley, but you know Burnley also have a couple of draws in there. Right, but I mean, I mean the thing, uh, like Burnley, it's been sad because we, as I just said, they just won their first game of 2018 this week, <laughs> and the reason that they're still in seventh place is because Leicester and what used to be Everton, who have now dropped to 11, yep. they refused to win games. So. I mean, in theory, Leicester are only eight points back of Arsenal, but I, I would still say Arsenal are safe, but safe in in sixth because I just I wouldn't trust Burnley to win enough games to overturn that. True, but at the same time, it it really doesn't matter if you finish sixth or seventh. It's a Europa League spot. At this point, I mean Arsenal. I mean, City, well, yes, sixth place now goes to goes to the Europe League because City won the League Cup. Yeah. The FA Cup's pretty wide open. Yes. So you can't really, like, bank on seventh place being a Europe League spot. Yeah. No, it's um, oof. it's tough being an Arsenal supporter. We wish we had Elliot here. Hopefully he'll join I us. I mean, I, wish, I missed the last two shows. I need to gloat. <laughs> I just watched him die and then die and then die even more. And... This is the only thing that brings me joy this season because watching my team is just not fun. Nope, that, that is very, very true. Uh, let's uh, talk about Swansea real quick. So they took a 4-1 to win, commanding 4-1 to win over West Ham, and they passed West Ham. They went all the way up to 13th place. Still a real dogfight down there, but... They are on fire. Yes, but the, the, the good thing about that, though, even though, yeah, um, they're, what, they're three points out? Yeah. Is by jumping up to thirteenth to thirteenth place, it's, it's they clear of the tiebreaker over a bunch of these teams. Mm-hmm. So like it's yeah, they still need to win games, but you you're talking about a lot of teams. A lot of teams would need to win games um, before Swansea does. Like yep. you know, for Swansea to drop, like you know, if Crystal Palace goes on a bit of a winning streak again, which they should because they're going to come back into form. Now they've got their they've got some players back. Yeah, but they're gonna come back into form. But you know, if Crystal Palace goes on a winning streak and Newcastle go on a winning streak, there's still West Ham and Huddersfield and Southampton. Like, there's still a bunch of you need a lot of teams to get hot at the same time. Yeah, and really, and right now Swansea's the hot team. I was gonna say there's like no teams down there that are even remotely hot. Uh, Worst of the bunch, West Brom, of course, dead last, twenty points. I think we can start. Three wins. I. I I don't see them taking three wins to close out the season. No, and it's bad. I have them in my relegation pool. Yeah, that I just don't see it. Uh, let's I mean, see, the the, yeah. the two hottest teams right now are Brighton and Swansea. Brighton are unbeaten in five. Swansea, are, Swansea have one loss in five. They have three wins and one loss. Brighton three wins and two draws. So, actually, let's go back one more match day we'll find out let's look at the last six now swans are even hotter in the last six 
four wins. Brighton drop. Oh, they lost six games ago. Yeah. So, you know, the other teams that are at the top of the form, Dale, Man City, Spurs, and Liverpool. So, two of your top teams that were teams that were battling it out in that dogfight, and Brighton and Swansea are all of a sudden, they're turning it on, and you look at the bottom of the form table, and it's from the bottom moving up, it's West Brom, Palace, West Ham, Huddersfield, Newcastle. Yeah. So, when we're on that Swansea, you know, little trail here, did you read what Bob Bradley said that he wished that Swansea never would have called him? I did not see that. Yeah. Funny that Bob Bradley is like now talking about Swansea, like when he's about to start his, the first MLS season for his club. Yeah. Or he L- did start it, I guess. Yep. LAFC. Oh, it's crazy. Last six games, Chelsea are in worse form than Arsenal. It's like getting away with murder right there. The murder of Arsenal because they're dying. Yes. Yeah, Chelsea one nothing defeat to City. I mean, it wasn't the best of games, but But like what's crazy is it was a one nothing it was like the most calm one nothing result ever. Like, you know, usually if if you're if you get two of the top four teams coming together and it's one nil, you never think that one of the teams is out of it. No. You know, Chelsea never really looked like they were gonna equalize. That, oh, no. It looked like a very comfortable three points for for Manchester City. Yeah. Who are four wins away from winning the league. Yeah. And yeah. that's and that's not even an accurate number because that like implies United will win the next four games. True. Yeah, I'll, um, they can definitely seal up the deal. They can here. win the they can win the league against United. Ugh. On like April tenth, whenever yeah. that is. Please don't say that. <laughs> that's only a month away. Um, let's move over to the uh, Champions League. And we had two games here on Tuesday. Uh, Liverpool-Porto, that was a scoreless draw. Liverpool move on 5 nothing on aggregate. And then PSG-Real Madrid. Real Madrid took a 2-1 to win and move on on aggregate 5-2. to um, PSG without Neymar, but even even then... Even if they would have had him, I don't see them. They wouldn't have gone through. Well, like, I mean, here's what it comes down to is, yeah, they were without Neymar, but a team that spends this much, this is the same thing that United deal with. We've spoken about this with United. A team that spends this much money on players and everything, if you're missing one component, you shouldn't be, it shouldn't be catastrophic. Even if you're missing your best player. You should still and Real Madrid have been poor this year, and they've been vulnerable to attacks. Yeah, but they've been good in the Champions League. They finished second in their group. They they've been pretty good. They finished second in their group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost to Tottenham twice. Yeah. I still wouldn't they say were that they've good been good enough to ad- they were good enough to advance okay. because Dortmund were awful. Okay. And the other team was Apoel. They weren't. They weren't anything spectacular. Then they beat a, and they beat they got a three one home win against against PSG. But they they're if if PSG wanted to, they could have attacked them and been and you know they are vulnerable. They're, they've been pretty they're in pretty bad form, and PSG just couldn't do it. And yeah, sure Neymar would have helped, but your team is if you're spending that much money on your team, your team should be good enough to still maybe make something happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe, they, not, maybe you didn't beat them because again, Real Madrid are a good team, 
but you shouldn't have looked as lifeless as they look today. No, I mean, they still started with the front three of Edison Cavani, Angel Di Maria, and Kylian Mbappe. That's a really... Exactly. That's a good front three still, right there. And, and Real Madrid played a very defensive formation and game. Yeah. And then it doesn't help that Verratti got himself sent off. Yeah. Of well, course. Yeah. It, so. it was there for PSG, and they it it's just... It's like... You know how United just can't play without Pogba, and and currently they can't play with Pogba because they have Alexis. And it's it's like you know Liverpool are bleeding goals, and Jose Mourinho goes into Anfield and doesn't attack them. Yep. Or Sevilla are like bleeding goals defensively, and Jose Mourinho goes to Seville and doesn't attack. No, that's true. You know yeah. it's there for the taking. You have to you know go for it. So coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, Manchester City at home to Basel. That, I mean, is already done and dusted after their four nothing win in Basel last time around. The interesting game is Spurs against Juventus. That ended two two in their first leg. Like, what are you, what kind of chances do you give Spurs in this one? Um, very high. Very high, even yes. though it's at Wembley. You feel like they've started I mean, the Wembley hex is the Wembley hex is gone. Yeah. Uh, and Spurs, and like, look, here's the here's the little dirty secret: Spurs are the better team. Really? I mean, first of all, Spurs aren't that great when playing from behind. That's like their weakness is when if you park the bus, if you score, if you score, and then say we're gonna sit back. I mean. Juventus did play into their hands. They gave Erickson a lots of time and space on the ball and everything. But Juventus's strong suit is when they get a lead to kill off that game and defend it. Spurs came back from 2-0 down, away from home. That's true. I mean, that that was absolutely strong of them. Uh, do we know if Toby Alderweireld is going to be anywhere near the team or is he still out? No, he's been near the team recently, so he will definitely be near the team. It's a question, will he play? I don't know. No, uh, he's been. Uh, no, they said he's ruled out. Uh, is he injured again? Uh, no, he's still out. I mean, he's not back yet from the. He's been on the bench recently. Uh, let's see. Let's see what he says here. Uh, well, the Evening Standard said he's ruled out, and then uh, Serge Aurier is suspended. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how that affects them. But that's that, not necessarily a bad thing. That's uh, definitely the more interesting game on Wednesday. Then Thursday, real quick, AC Milan, Arsenal. How bad do you think the bleeding is going to continue for? for it Arsenal? just it makes sense that AC Milan and Arsenal are playing. Uh, like five years ago, this was the round of sixteen in the Champions League. And now it's the round of 16 in the Europa League where Arsenal will go out because they go out in the round of 16. Mm -hmm. Milan's form a little bit better than Arsenal. They got four wins and a draw in their last five. Arsenal will have one win and four losses. The good news is that when they show Arsenal's corpse bleeding out on Thursday, no one will see it because no one watches the Europa League. Mm. Yeah, it's been a while, though, since these two teams met up. Uh... It was it's been like five years. Champions Six League, years, of, maybe. yeah, 2012. Uh, Milan won 4-3 on aggregate. So there you have it. Any final thought here, Polly, or should we say bye-bye? Uh, yeah, Boris Johnson threatened to pull England out of the World Cup. 
Uh, hear about that? No, I did not hear about that. Because some, like, in- English or Russian spy or something got killed by... England is... The United Kingdom is accusing um, Russia of, like, poisoning a spy. And they're like, well, if, if they prove that it was the Russians, and they're like, I don't know if the UK can participate in a, in a World Cup based in Russia. Oh, my God. Boy. I mean, boy... Would you say Boris is the British Donald Trump? No, you have to be ridiculous to be. Donald Trump just took care of it today for the Olympics. Oh, I don't know. Boris, Boris, Boris. Yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. Less than 100 days to go, though, before the World Cup starts. So that's all. But Fox. Something. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. There's ways around it. Yep. There's ways around it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be watching uh, the Swedish feed. So Yeah, I would do that, but I don't understand. That. <laughs> You'll have to watch every game with me on the phone, so I'll translate. There you go. I'll be at work. Oh, even better. Just put me on speakerphone. Everybody can learn Swedish. Okay, with that, we'll say goodbye for this time. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. Polly is P. Questel. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats with Better. And be sure to give Fanrix Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.